shout, I can dance, I can leap, and I can run. Amen. Because whom the Son has made free, he is free indeed. Amen. I have to motivate myself. I had to pull up my bootstraps every now and then and shake off those heavy bands and lift up them holy hands and let all God's people praise the Lord. Amen. You remember that song? Shake off those heavy bands. Lift up those holy hands. Let all God's people praise the Lord. Let all God's people praise the Lord. Let all God's people praise the Lord. Hear what you do. Shake off those heavy bands. Raise up those holy hands. Let all God's people praise the Lord. Let all God's people praise the Lord. Let all God's people praise the Lord. Shake off those heavy bands. Lift up those holy hands. Let all God's people praise the Lord. One more time. Let all God's people praise the Lord. Let all God's people praise the Lord. Hear what you do. Shake off those heavy bands. Lift up those holy hands. Let all God's people praise the Lord. Amen. That's all you got to do is shake it off. Amen. Raise up those holy hands. Amen. Do yourself a holy dance every now and then, you know. When you're you're by yourself, just dance, you know. Amen. Change partners (laughs) every now and then, you know. Do a square dance, you know. Amen. How does does it go? How does square dance go? How does it go? Raise. Spring your partner's dosey dough. Everybody got to get up and go. Ever <laughs> how it used to go? How did it used to go? How does it go? That's an hand question. Amen. That's what you need to do is get out in the middle of the aisle and do some square dance. I was in a conference in Korea once. I was preaching a conference in Korea. Next thing I looked out, that's what they were out there in the middle of the floor doing, man. They was doing the square dance around me. You know, I had people rolling up and down the aisles. These people were like 80-something years old, you know. They was, you know, they was square dancing. They was praising the Lord. Amen. I'm telling you, you get into some of these foreign countries, you it will blow your mind. You think, you know, the way people praise here, I mean, they just, just, all oh, they've got bottle caps on a, <laughs> on a, on a piece of wine, a stick, making some noise. And I mean, they started just clapping it and hitting it in their hands and people started going around in a circle and started praising and shouting and dancing and the spirit moves in. You know, that's all they have is their voice. I mean, they just get, they just get the going, you know. I go to Africa and they have this one song they sing every time they come because they know I love it. Jesus is number one. Jesus is number one, and everybody heard number one. Jesus is number one, number one. Jesus is number one, number one. And that's all they say. I mean, and everybody is running and jumping and leaping, you know, all across Africa. And no, no matter where I go, that's what they sing. 
because they know that's one of my favorite songs, and they taught it to me, you know. And so they know that when I come, that's what they're going to sing, you know, and stuff. So, you know, if I go to Korea, they know I have a favorite song there, you know, that they sing and and stuff. So, hey, but hey, whatever works. Amen. So we got to get in the habit of praising God. For whosoever praise glorifieth me, and to him that order his conversation right, will I show the salvation of God. Amen. Praise works wonders. Amen. Praise God. We got to stay motivated in our praise. Now, last month, we're going into a new month this month. Amen. It's amazing how quick time just seems to fly. I apologize that I seem like I missed all last month. <laughs> but, but, hey, duty calls. Amen. When you're a soldier in the Lord's army, sometimes duty calls. Last month, we was talking about apostolic doctrine. Amen. And we was talking about sound doctrine. And it's key and essential uh, that we grow in doctrine. We've got to know the doctrine. Paul tells us in Romans 16, 17, he says, Mark them which cause offense contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. We need to know the doctrine. Amen. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you must love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises to you, to your children, and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Follow peace with all men, and holiness without shall no man see the Lord. Amen. Follow peace with all men. Stay, stay the course. Amen. Let's build the unity of the brethren and in the faith. So we want to continue to know what was taught. Amen. By the Lord and His disciples so that we don't lose focus and we don't get off track. Amen. So to, this month we want to talk about how to grow through giving. How to grow through giving. Luke six thirty eight. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured back to you or come back to you again. Amen. Cast your bread upon the water. It'll come back pretty soon. So notice, amen, Luke chapter 6 is Luke's take from the Sermon on the Mount. Somewhat like Matthew's Gospel, but a little different take. No matter the author, the principles are the same. If we will notice, the secret of blessedness is associated with our giving and charitability. This scripture is the draft sketch of what a life abounding blessings, overflowing with mercy and love and kindness, should really look like. With what measure you meet out from our love to others, they will be measured back to us. If we are to grow in Christ, then we must learn the importance of giving and how to grow in it. Amen. One of the things you find a lot of times where people error is a lot of times we, as soon as somebody says something about giving, the first thing that everybody goes to is what? Money. Your wallet. You know, but if, if you don't give yourself, you're never going to give your wallet. You're never going to give the way you should give. 
See, you have to learn how to give of yourself. It is the most important thing that you can give to the kingdom of God. When God calls us, when God chooses us out of the world, He brings us to His kingdom for a purpose. Every one of us come in with abilities and talents, amen, that God now desires to use in His kingdom. And so therefore, you have to figure this out so that you can start to give Given that talent and given that abilities back to the kingdom of God so that you can help others to be inspired and motivated so that they can grow as well. Because the more you give out, the more you grow. The stronger you are, the the further you can go. The weaker you are, the weaker or the less you're going to be able to go. You want to do things in the kingdom of God that motivates you and encourage you to get things accomplished and get things done. So don't always focus on money. Money will come and you will be givers of, of the financials and the things that you have once you learn how to give of yourself. Once you understand the principles of God and God's principles of giving, everything begins to flow freely in His joy to give. Freely you have received, freely give. But God wants you. He wants, He wants to use you. He wants to be able to take you and use you the way that He desires to use you. In Acts chapter 10, a familiar passage of scripture there, if you got your Bibles, let's go to Acts chapter 10 verse 1 through 6. We're going to pick up on some things here. Amen. Notice, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Now notice this guy. He's a devout man. What do you classify as being devout? Hello? Huh? Committed? Amen. He's devoted. He's committed. Is he a committed soldier? He's probably committed to being a soldier. Is he committed to the people? Amen. He's a devoted man and one that do what? He fears God with all his house. He respects God. He respects the things of God. Even though he's a Gentile, even though he's not a Jew, he still respects God. He re- he's, he's, he's devoted to the principles and the things of God here. Amen. Which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and said unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodged with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. And he shall tell thee what thou ought to do. Notice, he has built the memorial to God of his giving and his deeds that he is doing. He's doing great things. He, he's built a memorial. Amen. That should be a landmark. The Bibles tell us to mark the perfect man. 
Here, look, notice, he's devoted. He fears God. Amen. And he's doing things to help people. And as a result, his kindness and his giving has built the memorial. Man, you build a memorial that it touched the hearts of God and God visits you. You know, when you look back into the Gospels, you find that this Cornelius is probably that same centurion that came to Jesus and says, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come unto my house, but just speak the word and my servant will be made whole. It's probably the same Cornelius that you read about in the Gospels, the centurion, where the Jew says to the Jesus, uh, he's worthy of what he's asking you to do because he's helped our people. He's built synagogues uh, for our people. So this is probably that same uh, Italian soldier that's in charge name. We don't know his name in the Gospels, but we find his name in the book of Acts. Amen. Here. He's a devout vote. Remember, Jesus says of the centurion, I have not found so great a faith, nor in not all Israel. You see, he couldn't receive the Holy Ghost while Jesus was here. Why? John 7, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. But now he's glorified when we get to the book of Acts. And so now as a result, it would be easy for him to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and see the need to be baptized. You see, notice what the angel said. Send for Peter and he's going to tell you what you need to do. Amen. And we know when Peter comes down to his house and he preaches about Jesus, they receive the Holy Ghost. He's baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it starts with his giving, and he has built the memorial here unto the Lord. Amen. And so what we find here, as I said earlier, the vote man, he fears God. He's given much. Amen. And he's prayer, he's a prayer, no, I won't say he's a prayer warrior, but he's praise. Amen. And so as a result of this, amen, God sees his heart. See, so we have to begin to look at this from a standpoint of how can I make a difference in my life based on him. And I build him a memorial through my giving, by giving to myself, by giving to my talents. By giving them my abilities. The more I give out, guess what? The more it's going to come back. The more I give out, the more I'm going to be called upon, amen, to do more. And this is what God is looking on all of us, is to get involved more and to do more. John 3:16. for God, so what? He loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So notice, if God was given, then we have to look at Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. So if He was given, then we have to give. Amen. We want to give of ourselves. Amen. Most people won't sacrifice their kids for to set somebody else free. Think about it. Jesus was sacrificed. He died that you and I can live. Are you willing to give your life so others can live? Well, our military members do it every day. They sacrifice. The Coast Guard rescues team motto is so others can live. They jump in that cold water. They do things so other people can live. That's giving themselves. 
See, they're sacrificing their self so that others can live. See, greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for a friend. See, when I am willing to give of me, I set self aside. I'm sacrificing me, amen, so for others. When I teach a Bible study, I'm sacrificing me for others. Amen. When I help someone, I am sacrificing me for others. See, this is the, the attitude we've got to get to. See, when, we, when we're doing this, amen, we don't want to get caught up in the money thing because the love of money can become the rule of all evil. As Paul says, why well, some covet after the heirs from the faith. See, but if I get in the mindset of giving of me, then I'm going to be okay. See, because when I love God, when I fear God, I'm going to give God what is rightly due Him. See, that's going to be my, my, my thrust. I'm going to do that at all times, amen, without nobody having to twist my arm. But see, God wants you. Yeah, see, I, it, you know, if, if I don't prepare myself to be received of Him, then what's going to happen? I'm going to get probably cast away. See? So I want to do things. Amen. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 11.3, he says, But I fear, lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility, so your mind should be corrupt from the simplicity that is in Christ. See, if my mind is corrupt, then my whole life is going to be corrupt. See? I can't let the enemy deceive me to make me feel that I am not good to be used by God. See, God has a purpose for every life. You have a talent. If you know what your talent is, don't hide it. You remember the song we always sing? This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Why don't you sing this little talent of mine? I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to use my talent all of the time. Think about it. Say, if I give my talent to be used into the kingdom, who am I going to impact? Who will I impact by my talent? Somebody is going to be affected. They say, if I give you five minutes of my time and listen to you, I might be able to win you as a friend for life. Think about it. Just five minutes of listening to you, giving myself to you for five minutes, I might win you as a friend for life. We never know. See? So we don't want our minds to be corrupted. We want to have a pure mind and a pure heart because a corrupt mind is incompatible with the purity and the thoughts of God. See? Your talent, give it. Cast your bread upon the water. 
It'll come back to you. You remember what happened when the guys had the talents and God gave them one and five and two? What happened? The one with the five. He put it to use. He got five more. The one with the two got two more. The one with the one, he hit it in the ground. He didn't do anything with it. And it was taken away from him and given to the one with ten. See, your talent that God has given to you has been brought to the kingdom, as Mordecai told Esther, for such a time as this. Say, give it away. Teach somebody else something. Help somebody else to grow. Help somebody else to mature. You know, you know, you read stories about kids all the time that uh, talk about, you know, their teachers in school. And how they gave of themselves to them. And they go on in their life. And then they look back. You know. I've read many inspiring stories. You know. Over my life. Of, of how. You know. Guys. In wartime. You know. They, they, their teachers had. You know. Helped them when they were struggling. And going through things. And you know. They write stories at the end. When they, they make comments that. You know. I want to thank Mrs. So-and-so. Or Mr. So-and-so. You know. Because. You know. When I was a kid. Or young. In school. And I didn't think I was going to make it. They. They. They spent time with me and gave me an opportunity and they shared with me uh, to help me to stay on the right path and the right track. And as a result, you know, I was able to go on to college and I was able to go on to the military or whatever and do great things because they was willing to give of their time. Just spending a little time to help someone else to sacrifice. Amen will help them to be able to grow. <clears throat> when I help others, that's giving them myself. When we do things to encourage others, that's giving of ourselves. When we are willing to stay and listen to someone else share their testimony of what God is doing in their lives. It makes a difference. You are given of yourself. I know one guy came here to church sometimes and, you know, he could really talk your ear off. You know. But you can tell he, he loves the Lord and he wants to share. You know. So if you're willing to, to give a little bit of your time, you never understand what is impacting? I was standing at a general conference and I was, you know, talking to another minister, and all of a sudden, another minister came up and he introduced himself, and he had, he had got some good revelations out of the Word of God, and he just wanted to share it with someone because he hadn't seen it before. I had seen it, I knew it, you know, but he hadn't seen it. So I'd have been crazy to say, "Oh man, I know that." You know, I already know that. You know? No. I gave him 30 minutes of my time to stand there and listen to him to share with me what he has discovered in the Word of God. See? 
I could have discouraged them. But no, I wanted to edify him. Say, and said, wow, that is absolutely great. I'm glad you saw that. I'm glad God revealed that to you. Say, so I gave him of me to listen to him. Did it impact him? We shook. We hugged each other as he got ready to leave. And said, hey, man, hope to see you next year, if not before, at conference. Yeah, I plan on being here. You know, what will happen to him? See, it's those kind of things we're talking about when we give of ourselves. You know, I've been in Walmart numerous of times. And people just come up to you and they just start talking. They want to share. They, they're looking for someone that they can share with. See, and that's giving of your time. Yeah, you might have many other things you, you need to do. But if we follow the Master's example, Jesus always had time for others. He was always moved with compassion. And so we have to be willing to set our priorities aside and to be willing to spend a few moments and to listen to see what others will do or what others will say. Hearts are hurting. And so God has called you and I for such a time as this, amen, to just spend a few moments to sit and to listen to what is transpiring, the giving of ourselves, to visit a nursing home, to, 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 to go to the hospital, to bake cookies for someone and the next door neighbors. Amen. These little things that we can do, given of ourselves. You notice James tells us that pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this to what? Visit the widows and the orphans and their afflictions. See, we, we, we gotta get into this understanding of how God operates. He wants us to give ourselves. If I don't visit them, I'm not giving of myself. The golden rule should always be in operation in the church and in our lives. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. In school. You've got young people that are looking for someone that they can talk to. You know, another student. You know, they have peer groups and things now in school that students can talk to other students about certain things, you know, to, to kind of encourage them. That's giving them time. That's why all these programs are being developed, mentorship programs. You hear them talk about mentorship programs. You know, giving of your time. Scout leaders, giving up your time, you know, to help someone else to grow. To help someone else to be able to develop. This is what God is wanting in all of us. Look at Cornelius. You know, he's a centurion. You know, he could have said, I don't want to have anything to do with these people. But no, he was given much. He feared God. He reverenced God. And so as a result of this, he was able to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, him and his whole house. It changed him. 
You know, sometimes things we might be waiting on, God might be waiting on us. Amen. You know, think about your next door neighbor. It's easy to complain about your neighbors making all the noise. <laughs> you know, it's, it's easy to complain about others, how they look, how they dress. It's easy. But if you ever thought about, maybe I just need to spend a few moments with them to get to know them. Most people don't even know who their neighbors are. Yeah? If you think about this for a second. In a lot of cities, and in inner cities a lot of times, you find that a lot of people move in there and they're afraid. They go into their house and that's all they do is they stay right there. They don't have a clue who lives on their street. You know? If they got out and met the people, you know, that are in the city and gave them a few minutes of their time, you know, you could probably walk down the street all the time. And they know that you live in the neighborhood. They know where you live. They know who you are. You show them consideration and care. You know? You don't have to be afraid because everybody knows you. See? But you've got to give yourself. Think about in Mark 2. It was noise abroad. What? Jesus was in the house. Think about it. Because you, he was willing to give of himself. He's in the house and he's giving them time. You know? And as a result, you know, he's teaching and all of a sudden the roof is getting tore off the house. You know? And the guy's on a stretcher is let down and Jesus sees his friend's faith and he says, you're, you're, you know, Take up your bed and walk. Your faith has made you whole. You know? He was willing to spend some time with them. And so we have to have that same mindset. Yeah, they may have a roof over their head, but that might be all they have is the roof over their head. They may have a job that that's all they can provide at the present time is a roof over their head. They might be driving a hoopty, and that's all they can afford at the present time. You know, yeah, you know, old clunker. <laughs> that's why they call them hoopties, you know. Uh, I'm sorry, I went ghetto on you. <laughs> but, uh, but, 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 but that might be all they can afford at the present time. But, if I am willing to spend just a little time with them, I might can encourage them. I can may inspire them. I might be able to open up to get them to see the value and the importance of serving God and loving God and trusting God and believing that God will come through for them and things will make things all better. You know, because sometimes we can realize that we've been there. You know, we, we've been in that environment. We've been in that situation. You know, we didn't just get to the mountaintop on our own. Like somebody says, if you find a turtle on a fence post, I think Brother DeMuth always used that around here. He didn't get there by himself, you know. Somebody had to get him up there, you know. Uh, and Abraham Lincoln says, you know, when you reach the top of the ladder, he says, you turn around and you help somebody else up. 
See, in other words, be willing to give some of your time and abilities to help someone else to come up the ladder as well. These are the things we've got to look at doing in our lives. We've got to have a listening ear. You know, the gifts of the Spirit, you know, we talk about a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. See, sometimes just listening and being able to give some wisdom and give some knowledge can make a difference in somebody else's life. People don't really... uh What's the old saying? People don't really care what you know as long as, how does it go? Until you find out that you care. See, we have to be able to give of ourselves. You know, I can remember back in the days when a neighbor moved in, man, everybody would go over and introduce themselves. They'd take them cookies or whatever, or cook them a meal or whatever, you know. It's, it's just, you know, my neighbor came over the other day, you know, and, First thing he was, he was leaving the house, you know, he came over, he has this thing, he likes to come, you know, to, he always, when he has to go in for a procedure or something, he says, I need to go across the street and get a blessing. In other words, he wants me to pray for him. I tell him I pray for him all the time, but he, he, he comes over so I can pray for him, you know. And as he was leaving the door, he says, yep, a few months, and that banana bread will be coming across the street. As he always tell my wife, you know, because all our neighbors around us, she bakes some, you know, banana bread for Christmas as a Christmas gift. And he always said, yeah, a few months. And he'd be coming across the street. I can't wait. I say, well, you don't have to wait. <laughs> we'll get some over you before Christmas. How is that, bud? You know. So we got to be able to give of ourselves. Amen. In Second Kings chapter 4, go to Second Kings chapter 4, verse 8 through 11. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8 through 11. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed through to Shushan, where there was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passed by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick, and it shall be when he come to us that he shall turn in thither. Amen. And it fell on a day that he came thither and he turned into the chamber and lay there. Notice, she's wealthy woman here. You know, she was willing to give. She says, hey, I perceive that this is a man of God to her husband. She says, let's build him a chamber on the side of the house. You know, so that every time he comes through, He's got a place to lay his head. He's got a place to study or whatever he needs to do. He's got his own room, basically, on the side of our house. Notice, she was willing to give to do that, to make a place for him. Amen. And you know the story. If you, in your spare time, finish reading the story. You know, because later on you find that she didn't have any kids. And, and as a result, you know... She winds up having a child, and, you know, and Elijah, you know, 
the child dies, but he brings the child back to life through prayer. You know, because of giving. You know, give, it should be given to you. You know, think about it. Amen. So we have to realize the value and the importance of giving. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 30 through 37. Wow, where's time going so fast? Luke chapter 10. Verse 30 and 37 through 37. And Jesus, well, verse 29. But he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered, said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, and stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at that place, or at the place, came and looked on him, and passed on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he was moved, or had compassion on him, and, when, and went to him, and bound up his wounds, poured in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Notice, three men, a priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan. Two did not have any time for him. But the Samaritan, notice, he went to him. He bind up his wounds. He poured in wine and oil. He put him on his beast. He gave of himself. Say, he gave of himself. He paid the innkeeper. And he says, if it's going to cost him any more, you let me know when I come again, and I will repay you. So Jesus says, who was his neighbor? And he says, well, I suppose the one that did the good deed. He says, rightfully so. Now you go and do likewise. Say, we have to realize, amen. Notice the good Samaritan didn't care about his color. He didn't care where he was from. You know, he just saw the need. And as a result of seeing the need, he was able to operate, to get involved, and to make a difference in this man's life. You know, I would love to know the overall end results of the story. You know, the guy probably got better. You know, who knows? We never know. By showing a little care, you know. It, it, that's why I think, you know, first responders are always so, you know, at the forefront of my prayer and heart, you know, uh, because they seem to be, you know, those that is willing to give. 
of themselves. They'll put their, their sacrifice in themselves, especially like EMT and firemen and those people. You know, they're willing to go in to help others and they're willing to, you know, to do everything they can to try to save someone else. You know, and, and because they're given of themselves, they, they know this from the job, the opportunity that they take. They're, they're there to make a difference in someone else's life. And if we have this attitude when, when we are hired and we got jobs is we're there to make a difference. We're not there for the money. We're there to make a difference in someone else's life. You know, it'll make all the difference in the world. See? That, that we are, are, are putting Christ's principles into operation. Say, because we know that people are, are missing what we have. We understand that many of them may be suffering and going through some things in their lives. And we have been chosen for such a time as this to be able to try to bring some relief to their situation or bring some relief to their circumstance. Amen. And it requires us to give of ourselves, to, 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 to give of our time, to give of our abilities, to give of our talents. Amen. You know, maybe the Good Samaritan was a doctor. I don't know. You know, but, but he seemed to have some kind of first aid training or something, you know, by what he was able to do. He knew to bind up the guy's wounds. He knows that to pour in some anesthetic of the oil and stuff to try to stop the bruising or whatever, you know. He went out of his way to help. See? And if we will do the same thing. Don't just pass by on the other side. See, the first two guys, if you ever noticed, one was a priest and one was a Levite. You know, those two guys were the chosen of God to lead the house of God. See, so Jesus thrust them right in the front. Those of us in the kingdom is supposed to know what to do is right. We'll know that we're not to just leave somebody laying along the side. Such were some of you. But you've been washed. But you've been sanctified. But you've been justified in the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of our God. See? So therefore, we, we should be the ones that's making an impact. That's making a difference. Until we learn to give of ourselves, we're not going to grow. This back here means nothing to God. See? People think just because they give tithes and offers, they're going to be saved. No, you better wake up. <laughs> you know? It's of yourself. It's of yourself. God wants you. He wants you. Because once He have you, He, he gets everything else. Yeah, somebody said once, when God saves you, he saves your wallet too. <laughs> you know, but he wants you. He wants to use you to be in difference, to make a difference in the kingdom of God. The golden rule has got to always be in operation in your and my life. Amen. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. 
in Acts 10.38. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil, for God was with them. Now, now think about that. He says, Peter, Peter's preaching at Cornelius' household here. He's, he's relating to Cornelius. This God has been given all the time. And he says, Jesus went about doing good, you know, to all and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. See, you never know how much you can deliver people until you're willing to spend some time with them. Mark 15, 16, 16, 15, go ye therefore and do what? Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that might believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any daily things, shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. See, I've got to, I've got to give of myself here. The commission is a service commission. I've got to have a servant's heart. I got to be moved with compassion. Say, and give of myself. Jesus was moved with compassion. When Jesus came out of the wilderness after being tempted by the devil 40 days and 40 nights, he walked into the synagogue and they handed him the scripture to read. And he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to do what? Preach the gospel. To the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearts, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. Notice, the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. We're now what? The anointed ones. If we got the Holy Ghost, we're the anointed ones. See? And so now, it's your and my duties and responsibilities to preach the gospel to every creature. See? I have to give of myself to do that. My life, I have to be able to listen. I have to be able to share the truth of the gospel. Say. To preach the gospel to the poor. To set at liberty to free them that are bruised. Uh, heal the sick. A lot of people are sick more than just physical sickness. Their minds are troubled. They're going through a lot of things in their lives. And like I said earlier, just a little bit of sitting and listening can bring all kinds of joy into someone else's life and lift them up out of the pit that they may be in. But that's, and that's why we've been anointed for, to make a difference. Freely you've received, freely give time. See, when we give of ourselves, we're giving of our time. 24 hours a day. I, okay, now I'm going to get back on your time schedule. Yeah. 
24 hours, you sleep eight hours, you go to work for eight hours, you got eight hours of play, right? <laughs> Everybody says, man, where do I get eight hours of sleep from? <laughs> you know, but think about if we are willing to give some of our time, we're sacrificing some time to make a difference in someone else's life. You know, when you pray before you go to work at day, that day, do you ask God, God, will you give me an opportunity to be able to listen to someone today, to fit in? You know why businesses want occupational chaplains now? We have this thing now, it's called occupational chaplains. Businesses hire them and bring them on the job, you know, because they have found out a lot of businessmen has found out if I've got a preacher that's on the job or someone there that somebody can talk to and share their issues with, you know, they don't lose any hours from work. But if they get so stressed out that they've got to go to the doctor and go away and everything, then they lose productivity of that individual. See? But if that individual has somebody right there that they can talk to 15, 10 minutes to share, then they can go right back to work. Or you're just standing around the pole, you know. When I was in the Army, I used to tell my chaplains all the time, hey, that, you need to be out among the troops. They need to see you. They, you need to be out there where they can talk to you. You know, I used to go around to my guys all the time. You know, even as their first sergeant and sergeant major, as a minister, I would go out and just let, just stand there and talk to them. Just let them tell me. They knew I was a licensed minister. You know, and they tell me stuff. You know, I just pray with them, share the word of God, motivation right back into the. The thing. But I had to be willing to give of myself to do that. Because I knew I would have to spend some more of my time other thing doing some other thing. So we've been chosen for such a time as this. So we have to learn to grow through giving of ourselves. Amen? All right. Well, we're going to take a pause here for the cause. <laughs> Amen. And so, praise God. God is awesome. God is awesome. Amen. So we're going to talk a little bit this month about this and growing in our giving of self and growing in our worship and growing in, in other areas. Amen. Through our giving of ourselves. Amen. You know the Lord's been good. He's really been good. He's